I'm starting to worry that the Calgary Flames are running out of time. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Lockdown Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for joining me. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off of your first purchase. Today, we are going to be talking about the wildcard race and how... This is going to impact the weeks leading up to the trade deadline and, of course, the trade deadline itself. And in much brighter news, we're going to talk about Oliver Shillington and his return to NHL caliber practices after two long years. So make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Flame so you never miss an update. We are here for you Monday through Friday, your team every day. The Flames are, I guess, doing better than I guess I expected at the start of the season. Did I think that they were going to be division champs? No. Did I think that they would be hanging in the top three? Absolutely not. Sitting on the on the fringe of a wild card spot is exactly where you will find the Calgary Flames. That's really what they are at the moment. They are a fringe playoff team that has to have a lot of things go right for them to capitalize on success. But right now, they are one point ahead of tonight's opponent, the St. Louis Blues, in the wildcard chase. And you can see why (laughs) they really need these two points. You want to continue to create a gap between people that are behind you and close the gap and hopefully get ahead of the teams that are in your way. And right now, they are tied with Arizona and Seattle. I am astonished, I guess, by Arizona's play this season. I thought that it was going to be very much like an Anaheim Ducks, Buffalo Sabres sort of deal where they just go on a super hot streak and then burn out because it's not sustainable. I don't necessarily think the level of play they're at right now is sustainable. Their goaltending has never seen, you know, heavy workloads like this, and they're still a very young team, and that's not a knock to them. Every team goes through this, and especially one that is kind of approaching the, I guess, I don't want to say the finish line of a rebuild, because that's, I don't, I don't think that that's the case here. I think that they are beginning to look more like a team rather than draft picks, and that, that's good. That's always a very good sign. Seattle is playing a lot better than I expected as well. I thought that they were going to be kind of where the Flames are at. I thought that it was going to be a very tough season for them just because I didn't think their goaltending would be able to figure it out. And Joey Decord has happily proved me wrong. Vince Dunn has had a great season. And overall, I think that they've just been a good team. And they haven't let adversity get in their way. And that's something that is good. It creates a really good team. And, you know, when you're slapped with adversity because long season, you know how to handle it. And a lot of these teams really don't face adversity until the playoffs. So 
if Seattle does face it, you know, get into the playoffs, I think that they, they do have their upper hand on that and they know how to make things work and get creative. But right now, Nashville holds the second wild card spot and they are four points ahead of the Flames. Nashville is a much better team. I do not have to sit here and pretend that they're not a good team. They bought out Matt Duchesne over the summer and it's like they became competitive again. I don't know. I'm telling you something about Matt Duchesne. Well, actually the stars are doing pretty well, so I can't just blame it on Matt Duchesne. Barry Trotz came in and as only the second general manager in franchise history, he came in and he was ready to make some moves. He did not trade everything away. He did not trade UC Soros. He did not, you know, sign anyone to ridiculous extensions or anything like that. He knew that there was some tinkering that needed to be done and it, it it's working. I hope that Craig Conroy and his consultants are paying attention because there are plenty of things to learn from and you cannot just be a hands-off general manager, which I don't think Craig Conroy is. Again, we are still not even six, I guess, eight months into his tenure as a general manager. So it's still way too early to judge that. But I hope he is paying attention because this approach right now just does not feel like it is sustainable for the Flames. And we're going to talk more about that uh, coming up next in the show. But the Flames have fallen behind this season. We know this. They had that six-game skid, kind of got themselves together, and they can only win two, maybe three in a row, and then it's another backslide. The second half of their season is going to be a test. We know this because it's the trade deadline, and that final push to hopefully crawl up a few spots into a wildcard spot this team is a fringe playoff team. They are not going to run away with a division. It would take a lot of things to go wrong to even come close to that. But the strength of schedule uh, rankings came out. And I do think that this is interesting thing to look at because last year, the Flames had the easiest schedule in the second half. This year, that's not the case. One is the hardest and 32 is the easiest the Flames fall at 24. They, they're they not hanging out in the super competitive playing teams like Boston, Philly, uh, Vancouver, you know, like consistently. The Capitals have the hardest schedule and LA has the easiest. And I, right now, I'm actually looking at the graphic and the easiest schedules go um, from Dallas, St. Louis, the Preds, Seattle, the Ducks, the Wild, the Sharks, and the Kings. Those are the teams that are after the Flames in terms of easy schedules. You have to worry about the Blues. You have to worry about the Preds. You have to worry about the Kraken. And potentially the Wild, too, if they get things together. You don't have to worry about the Stars or LA Kings because they, they're truly competitive teams. So the Flames have to make every game count. There is no excuse for it anymore. Mackenzie Weger and Blake Coleman said it best. Like, they they need to kind of put their foot on the gas and go out there like they're playing for something. And we're going to talk more about what could really impact the second half of the season. And that would, of course, be the, the trade deadline that... 
Flames fans have been longing and talking about since the end of last season. And coming up next, we will talk about the trade deadline, and we will be back right after this. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, view from your seats, and best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. My favorite thing is that you can see a view from your seats. So whether this is a new venue or you're checking out a potential obstructed view, Game Time has you covered. With zone deals, you pick the section. Game Time, game time picks the seats for big time savings. And the Game Time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, all Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket or if you're not going to a game, then use code Locked On for $20 off of your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you everyone for tuning in to today's episode of Locked On Flames. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts so you are never missing the latest news out of Calgary because as we approach the trade deadline, I'm sure things are going to be heating up and we're going to have lots of good things to chat about. Right before this, I saw a tweet that was talking about <laughs> Sean Monahan and Elias Lindholm, uh, Elias Lindholm garnering first round picks and why you should want both of them. I just had to laugh because obviously Sean Monahan is a former flame. Both of those players have significantly not lived up to their expectations. Sean Monahan, I give a lot of like leeway to because he has just been injured every day. He's made of like paper. And Elias Lindholm, he doesn't have elite wingers. So he's kind of exposed for what he is. But the discourse surrounding the trade deadline is one of my favorite things because it is just people talking and pretending to be general managers. And sometimes I sit here and I'm like, oh, yeah, like you could absolutely package this. No, 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 no. <laughs> we are not here to play general manager. I have said it a number of times on this show. I do not know the proper value of a player, of a prospect, what a draft pick is worth. Because you know why? I just sit there and watch the games and I have some important takeaways. That's it. I, I can't give you an, an analysis, but what I can give you an analysis of is these few pending UFAs that are still Calgary Flames. And boy, oh boy, uh, right when I started recording this, I actually saw a tweet from someone on the Canucks beat about how uh, when Chris Tanev's name gets floated around, they around Vancouver. The Flames are reportedly interested in Hoglander, which, I mean, he can score. Uh, that's, uh, sure, we'll, t we'll take it. Like, I, we can't get picky at this point. I think that they will continue to take c calls on Chris Tanev. 
I think that they don't want to trade him right now. Obviously, as the demand grows closer to the trade deadline, that's a different story. But again, it's going to depend on where they're at in the standings in the wildcard race, which is infuriating because that is not how you should be operating. And there has not been any urgency, I guess is the word. That is a, there is urgency on the ice or off the ice in terms of getting this team together. And things just have just kind of fizzled out with Elias Lindholm and conversations surrounding an extension or a trade. We heard Carolina might be a good fit. We've heard Winnipeg. I would consider Winnipeg to be the front. He is going to want that contract extension agreement. And is he going to want to go to a team like Winnipeg? Anyone that has watched Elias Lindholm this season or even the last three knows that he is not worth a $9 million contract. Especially an eight-year deal. At the age of 28, 28, 29, I think he's 29. That is setting yourself up for disaster. Flames have already done that with Jonathan Huberto. They don't need to do it again. And even then, Jonathan Huberto is an entirely different caliber player of Elias Lindholm. And he has a track record to prove that. That contract would, like, before the ink is even dry, would age horribly. And the Flames can't afford to do that. They already have their money tied up in... Huberto and Kadri and probably going to be Rasmus Anderson when he's up for an extension, I think in two years. Andrew Mangiapane, if he doesn't move on next season, they're probably going to offer him a decent raise too. And he's going to be 27 or sorry, 28. And the Flames just, they have to be very careful about how they spend this money and how they are assembling this team. And signing Elias Lindholm is not realistic. But they messed up and didn't trade him at his peak value. I'm sorry. I understand you didn't know what you were going what his decision was going to be, but he still doesn't have an answer for you. So let's kind of look at things realistically here and say, but I we can do what we can for you. But you this is not something long term that we can work with. And that is that feels fair. Because why keep a guy tied to a team that is not probably not going to win a Stanley Cup in the next seven years? I would, if I'm a betting woman, I would say that. I do worry that Craig Conroy could make a mistake, especially if this team is performing really well around the tree deadline. I I'm also very confused about the Noah Hannafin situation. Mainly because heading into this homestand, Eric Francis like primed us for a Noah Hannafin extension. It sounded like there was going to be some sort of announcement the second back from, I forget where they were on the road last. It wasn't was Arizona, but it, it was somewhere nice. And I thought that they were going to have an extension ready, announcement ready that next morning because of the way Eric Francis was, like, painting this. But we don't have any ideas. We don't have any update on those negotiations, on his desires. Is this, again, coming back to the day of the deadline or the week leading up to it? That is not right. It is especially unfair to the players who are here long-term and they are committed to being a flame. 
not just because they're on paper, but because they want to win and they want to be a member of a team and contribute and make Calgary a better place. They said, or management said since last summer, we don't want any hostages. And that's still true. So got to figure it out here. The Chris Tanev situation, I think they're not going to make any moves until the the deadline. I, I truly do not think that that's going to happen just because the demand for a defenseman like him is going to skyrocket. And there's there's only one Chris Tanev in this league. While there are players that do play like him, no one plays quite like him. And if the if they are on the verge of a playoff spot or in a playoff spot, th- there would be no reason to trade him. I wouldn't trade him if I'm making a push for the playoffs because we saw how we see every game how important he is to not only the penalty kill, but five on five, the team as a whole. And granted, I know this is a very different team from uh, the 2021-22 season when they made the playoffs last, but the team fell apart without him on the ice. Granted, he could not play because he was being held together by like a sling. They need him on the ice if they want to be competitive. If they want to truly compete, they need Chris Tanev. And if they're not in a playoff spot, go ahead. Nothing but respect for Chris Tanev and everything he has done for this organization. That contract had potential to age like milk. I don't think it did, but if we have to wash our hands of it, we wash our hands of it. it it's really that simple. Um, I hate like framing it like that, but it's a business at the end of the day. That's what this is. And we are going to take a quick break here, but we are going to wrap up the show with some good news about Oliver Shillington and an update on his first day back at uh, Flames practice after two whole years of uh, being away from the team. And before we do that, though, we are going to talk about something that you should have your hands all over the second half of the season. We are past the halfway point in the season, Flames fans, and you know that everyone is anxious to see what the next moves are. But regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you can win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like McDavid, McKinnon, Jacob Markstrom will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times your bet on sleeper, you just need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Flames fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail the picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that is code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. 
Thanks, everyone, for hanging out with me on today's episode of Locked on Flames. I hope that you are subscribed. And if you aren't, get yourself subscribed because we're here Monday through Friday. It is a great place to be. And Calgary, you know, there there's always something going on there. There is always something. But for once... Right now, we're going to talk about something good and positive because we spent the first part of the episode just kind of dwelling on, like, the anxieties of what could be. But now we're talking about the good thing, and that is Oliver Shillington's return. Oliver Shillington, for those of you who don't know, has not played an NHL game since May 26th, uh, 2022. He took a leave of absence due to his mental health and has tended to that and gotten himself back to a healthy point where he believes he can play professional hockey again. And this, he skated with the Flames for the first time on Monday. And everyone was so excited to see him. He was taking shots. He scored, I mean, granted, you know, it is only practice, but he did score a few goals. And everyone was so encouraging and patting him on the shoulders and just really you know, welcoming him back. It's great to see, obviously, you know, you can only talk about the positive culture in a room so much, but I do believe that the Flames have one of the best cultures simply because of the way that uh, management leads, especially now. I think that the last year and a half has been a real wake-up call. And I'm glad that the Flames are an organization that, number one, respects players' uh, mental health and their privacy and fosters in an, an environment where they can come out and say that's what's going on and get the help that they need. But seeing Oliver Shillington in that media scrum today just reminded me so much, like, how far he has come since this whole thing started. And he gave a quote to the media today when he's talking about like, you know, what's it like to be back? How are you liking it? And he said, there was one point in time that I didn't think I was going to be here. So I was kind of emotional in a good way. I was excited to come back here today and see everyone, share the ice with everyone and play hockey again. He looks so happy in this. And like, I'm not a body language expert, but it, it looks genuine, and I'm sure that there is a lot of confidence that has been restored in himself, and it's taken him, you know, a bit to get here. And I saw people kind of saying, okay, like, what's the next move in terms of getting him back on the ice during a game time? And for me, I think when that time comes, you obviously have to send down, like, Nick Simone or... Jordan uh, Osterley, Osterley, and that's that's fine. You know, I'm sorry, but third pairings kind of just come and go. That's why they're your third pair. They aren't really, they aren't out there logging all those minutes. But I do think that they'll integrate him back with Chris Tanev because that is where he was when he was with the team. And that's fine. You know, I think that Rasmus Anderson, Mackenzie Weger, Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev, and... Oliver Shillington, that makes a great five defensemen. You need one more. 
And that's probably going to be Dennis Gilbert when he comes back. And I don't know when, really, I don't know when Dennis Gilbert's coming back either because he obviously smacked his head pretty hard back in Nashville. And there's no rush to get Oliver Shillington back either. And so be it. There doesn't have to be an exact timetable. And that's kind of the good thing here. And while I talked about the Flames running out of time, and only having 82, you know, 82 games in a season and less than half to go. This is one of those things that you can move with grace and kind of give the time because it's not like it's a star player that has been injured and you have to like truly think on your feet here. This is something that has been in the works for a while and they have more than likely have a plan. I'm sure that Craig Conroy and Ryan Huska have had many discussions of what they would like to do next and how to get Shillington back in the lineup. And we'll see it when it ha- when it happens. I'm looking forward to that. I think everyone should be excited to see him back in the lineup. But again, good things take time and good things come to those who wait. And that will do it for today's episode of Locked on Flames. Thank you everyone for tuning in and hanging out with me today. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We are almost up to 400 subscribers, so it'd be great if you could help reach that goal. The Flames take on the Blues tonight, so we will... We'll see. We'll see how how Wednesday's episode's going to go based on tonight's performance. So thank you, everyone. Stay safe, stay warm, stay dry, stay hydrated, and don't forget your chapstick.